Welcome to Sea Time, everybody, the off-road show that brings you all the results, news, and online shenanigans that make being online a good time. We'd like to say thank you to Fly Racing for their support of Sea Time. Please go check them out at flyracing.com. Welcome to Sea Time, everybody. Brian Pierce here. So, Another fine evening in southern Texas. Well, I guess we're in northern Texas, but we're in the southern parts of the state, so we'll make that work. There's been a lot of crazy weather again. It seems like I've said a lot about the weather recently when it comes to Texas, but it has been really crazy. Um, strangely enough, we actually didn't get the, the brunt force of it, if you will, um, because uh, just north of us, like in Wichita Falls and things like that, Amarillo in o Oklahoma, Arkansas, they got a whole nother storm, uh, ice storm and snowstorm, and we, we just got cold weather. It was brutal. It sucked. It was no fun for anybody. Um, it, we would have rather had snow, so that way the kids could have gone out and played with it. I think that would have been uh, interesting. We did have a local race, uh, another Toro, that happened this past weekend. Um, a lot of fun there. Uh, I didn't race because that was stupid. It was way too cold. Um, it was raining. And uh, as we've said before, I have baby little vagina hands, and that just would have sucked for everybody. Nobody enjoys that kind of a miserable time. So for those who have no idea why I'm talking about baby vagina hands, this is seat time. We welcome you to the online show for the off-road enthusiast. Uh, this is the beer drinking, bench racing show where we just sit down and talk to all the fun people that uh, make our industry what it is, be it uh, they're the very serious ones or they're the ones that like to have just as much of a good time as we do. Hopefully they like to have a good time like we do. So seat time, you can find us on our website ctime.co uh, we're on facebook we're on twitter and all those fun places the cool thing though is we don't just always go live as well these shows are archived so if you're catching us for the first time uh, and you're like man this live stuff is interesting you know maybe the feed's not working that great for you maybe you can't watch everything but you want to catch up or maybe you'd rather listen to it while you commute to work or while you're at work it's easy to do so you can subscribe to us on youtube that way you can catch the videos or on stitcher or itunes you can just catch the audio feed so of course that's a great way to do that we could not be doing this without our great partners like fly racing which i actually have a new ad that i haven't yet mounted on the new wall so definitely cool that those guys sent us some uh, new swag. We're going to be doing the Pintful of Awesome Award a little bit later in the evening, probably after we get done with Mr. Johnny Campbell, our first guest of the evening. And then, of course, uh, Ride PG. Uh, big thanks to those guys for being on board. So you can check them out, flyracing.com and ridepg.com. Thanks to those guys for their support of Seat Time. Um, of course, seattime.bigcartel.com is a great place to go pick up swag. Please help support us. Um, it is uh, not free to do this. For those of you that think it doesn't cost money, it does. So it would be fantastic for you guys to pick up some koozies, uh, pint glasses, and T-shirts and just keep this thing going. Now that the house cleaning is out of the way, I want to get to our first guest because this is a man I've been wanting to talk to on this show for a very, very long time, Mr. Johnny Campbell of Johnny Campbell Racing. So, dude, how is your evening going, kind sir? Oh, Brian, So thanks so much for having me on the show tonight. Uh you know, it's, uh, I'm really stoked to get the invitation, and uh, you caught me at a good time, I guess. I, I've been flying. Um, came out here to Florida, actually, to do some testing with our new GNCC racer, Chris Bach. Yeah, I know, man. So that's gonna, that's some crazy news, and we could we could dive right into that, and we could talk about all kinds of fun stuff. Um, but I, I wanted to try to do something a little bit different because I know you've been on other shows and you've talked about the new news and stuff like that, but you haven't done it in complete seat time fashion. So I figured we could just jump right into something really interesting. And I wanted to know, what is your most embarrassing racing moment ever? <laughs> 
Well, I guess, uh, you know, I'd like to think it as uh, in 1994 at the Nevada rally, um, you know, they had helicopters and filming us and stuff. And I was new to rally racing and navigation. And, um, you know, basically the a, a savvy Frenchman who was leading the race, he tricked me. I ended up passing him going by him going, oh, okay, I'm leading the race now, but I wasn't really navigating real hard. I was following him more. And so I went and got lost. He turned around and went back and found the trail and went the right way. So <laughs> gotcha. I mean, that, yeah, that was, you know, that was a huge lesson in my racing career that uh, I never made that mistake again. Yeah. So what you're saying is when I do the Baja rally later this year, I should definitely watch out for tricky Frenchmen. <laughs> well, I don't know if you want to watch out for tricky or even oh man we're working on the signal see what happens here you there Yeah, I'm here, Brian. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah, sorry. We, we kind of yeah, went in and, it went in and out a little bit on us, so we didn't know exactly what was going on. I know I don't know if there's going to be a tricky Frenchman, per se, but there's guys like uh, Chili White. He may be coming back. I hear he's a tricky, slippery guy. And then, of course, uh, Andy Griner uh, will be there. So there, there's going to be some guys to watch out for, I think, so there at the Baja Rally. I don't know. It could get kind of interesting. <laughs> Oh man! So of course, as as uh, for those of you who don't know, right now my wife is actually the one behind the boards uh, running the show, uh, and I don't blame her at all. This is just one of those situations where sometimes people are in pl places where their signals got it not as good as we would like it to be. So hey, we're gonna make it happen. But she's gonna call uh, Johnny Campbell back, and we're gonna get him going. So uh, definitely give a big shout out uh, in uh, to Stephen. Uh, he has to be with his daughter this evening. They uh, had to go to the hospital. Um, and obviously things like that come up, so we just go ahead and say, you know what, Tam's done this before. She may not be proficient at it, but she's pushed buttons and she's made stuff happen. So we're just going to see what's going to happen and how it goes. I'm not too sure. But, hey, so it, it's interesting because uh, I was really looking forward to uh, seeing if, uh, if, if somehow uh, Johnny Campbell was going to tell us that he, uh, that he actually was, like, embarrassed because maybe he forgot, like, a chamois butter or something one time and had like really bad chafing that's what i was thinking might be weird but could have kind of be fun i hear ringing so that's a start we'll see what happens skype ringing skype ringing hey dude you there not really anything hello mr campbell oh man oh i'm back are you yeah we're here but we're not going anywhere. This is this is where we're at Tuesdays. Your feet. I look, can't figure out. Your I feet. Can't look figure awesome. out if you do the camera right. <laughs> now, I'm looking, now I'm looking at myself. <laughs> that's perfect. That's all you need to do. Uh, well, we got your audio, so hopefully that's good enough. We'll go with that. So, uh, it, it's interesting that uh, you said 1994. I was really expecting some kind of like. You know, you forgot your chamois butter, and you chafed really bad or something, like a really bad desert race. <laughs> no, being humiliated in uh, 
on uh, you know national television was bad enough. Yeah, I can understand that. Those crazy yeah. Frenchmen. Well, um, there was another thing that I thought was interesting. Lately on the Paul Pamex show, they've been doing a lot of reminiscing for some strange reason about late – uh, or about the 90s motocross and all the crazy stuff that they did there. And uh, I was wondering if they, if you had any crazy stories from when you first started racing off-road that you maybe shouldn't tell us, but you're going to do that anyway because why not? Yeah, why not? You know, uh, it, this is seat time, and there's crazy uh, crazy off-road guys like myself and a bunch of beer-drinking guys that are watching the show, so why not, you know? I, Bring it. I'm down. <laughs> So, so uh, I think it was uh, Jeff Fredette was on, and he was talking about his box van, and how, he was like, so how many chicks have you brought into your box van? And he was like, ah, you know, 30 or 40. And they were like, no way. And they were like, oh, no, just the box van. So just the box van. So is, is that like only a moto thing, or is there any way that somebody could say that like, off-road dudes you know, you know, could pick up chicks? <laughs> well, I'm sure there's uh, uh, you know, our fair share of off-road guys that uh, – can pick girls up but uh you know i've been married for 20 years and uh been tried and true to my wife Faye. so hey uh, that's what i'm talking about i'm married as well and we've got kids and stuff and you know i feel the same way just because i go out and rail what is it rail ruts i don't nail sluts right <laughs> there you go <laughs> it's not really how the t-shirt goes but we'll go that way anyway right that's fun with it so there has been a bunch of big news with JCR, with yourself recently. Um, big stuff. Obviously, the press releases came out in an interesting fashion where it was released that you guys were pulling out of Baja. And then a little bit later during the day, it came out that you guys were going to be GNCC racing. So was that a strategy that you guys had? Like you decided to release those um, press releases separate like that? Or did it just that's kind of just the way the news came out? Um, no, that, you know, that was strategic uh, based on – uh, what American Honda wanted to do with uh, with our team and and their their strategy, so I just followed their guidelines and and uh, their prompting, and uh, so I think it 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 kind of left a little bit of a cliffhanger there for uh, a bit, and everybody's like, oh no, what's going to happen to Johnny? What's going to happen to his team? What are they going to do? And um, you know, it didn't take long, and then we put it back out there, so we. We ran a little bit of uh, strategy of getting everybody to look at us and some attention and, and whatnot. So I think it worked. Yeah, no, I, it was it was interesting because uh, Dale somehow Dale Spangler from Fly forwarded me the email of the press release before I even got the press release from you guys being released. I was like, Jesus, Dale, how did you do that? And he's like, I'm on the specials list. But still, we were like, oh, my gosh, what's happening? And, of course, he knew behind the scenes that you guys were going to be releasing the other press release later in the day. He just was – he, but he kept pushing me. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, what do you think they're going to be doing? And he's like, I don't know. And he, he sent me down this rabbit hole like for like two hours, and then the other press release comes out. And I was like, damn it, Dale, you could have told me the whole time. So <laughs> – that's my boy Dale. Thanks, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's great, dude. I love being associated with Fly. So those guys over there are so awesome. He is definitely a huge supporter and a big beer drinker of Sea Time. So we really appreciate that. So this is a question that I kind of hate to ask, um, but I, I feel like it's just kind of like to, to just ask it and to say, was there any part of JCR and Honda pulling out of Baja because of the death of Kurt Caselli? Uh, no, that was that was definitely not part of uh, our strategy. Um, I think, you know, on a personal note, uh, 
I feel like I've been down there. Uh, well, I have been down there for over 25 years racing, and yes. <laughs> over 20, over 20 years racing with American Honda. Um, I accomplished my goals as a racer, uh, becoming the winningest Baja, uh, Baja 1000 racer, and then taking the team over in the last six years, uh, having a nearly flawless record of wins. And um, you know, for me, I, I don't really have anything else to prove down in Baja. I, I really enjoy Baja. It's uh, it's my livelihood, um, but I'm also looking for new challenges and new new goals. And uh, you know, I don't I don't just want to do Baja. I don't want to just get stuck there. And I I want to see what else is out there. Uh, you know, personally for my just my personal goals. So we're um, we're gonna go tackle GNCC, which was a great strategy uh, move by American Honda as well because they they see a market that. Uh, uh, is growing and uh, needs some attention. So why not send Johnny out there with his his riders and mechanics and his his whole group and uh, let's go get some take some of that market share back. Yeah, for sure. And and I think um, back with the, the Geico team that Honda had there for a while um, that unfortunately obviously kind of isn't there right now. But you guys are bringing it back. Um, we've seen Thad Duvall throughout the past couple of years uh, have some really good results on a Honda. Do you know, I know that he didn't have full factory support or anything like that from, you know, Japan, Japan Honda, but do you know if any of that success that he's had on a Honda maybe kind of put a little bit of, you know, fire in their step to kind of get a, a full team back out there again? Uh, yeah, you know, I think uh, guys like that who've got, had some uh, dealer support and some backdoor support, have definitely helped that. Um, I I just think that uh, you know Honda and a whole seen um, a growing sector that they need to be a part of in a in a bigger way. And you know like having guys like that and and sending our team out there and uh, even Takeshi uh, Kokeda. You know there's going to be a, a good share of Honda guys that are going to be in the top ten there this year and hopefully we'll nab some wins. Oh, I I think you will. Um... It's one of those situations where I've always thought that if Bach gets some really good support, um, that he could he could really really have some great results. And we've obviously seen really good to great results from him. But he, he, that that win is very elusive, um, and, and I think it's going to be something that he's easily going to be able to do, not just with factory support, but with guidance from someone like yourself, and then with a team backing of what you've created throughout the years, because you know how to race and you know how to run and manage a team. But saying that, now that you've done so much desert racing and you're going to be going, you know, kind of GNCC racing, a, a different format completely, what are some of the big, I don't really know if I want to use the word pitfalls, but big, you know, eye-opening experiences that you think you're going to have on how hard it's going to be to run a team versus how well you've run one in desert racing? Well, certainly, uh, you know, you've you've come across some good points there, Brian, Um uh, yeah, we're experts and professionals at desert racing and long distance endurance racing. And, you know, I don't have a huge experience uh, on the East Coast in the woods racing, but I do have a lot of racing experience. Yeah. So I'm planning on taking a lot of that that uh, that I've learned throughout my years of racing and coordinating and logistics and, and coaching and taking that and, and putting it into a different atmosphere, a different environment. And I, I think we can learn it. Um, you know, it's going to take some acclimation for sure. We got, you know, different atmosphere, different weather, different length of races, 
Uh, you got a lot of trees, a lot of mud, and, and you're going to have different weather. So all these things are, are elements that, um, you know, we've encountered throughout our years uh, of, of racing. But it's just, you know, I'm excited just to uh, be able to, uh, you know, take my experience and go and go uh, invest it into some other uh, area in off-road racing. Yeah, I- that's the one thing that no one could deny is that you are one a fantastic racer and two a fantastic team manager. You have you've you've proven that, and I think it's going to be very very cool to see for you to take that type of, of of management of a team on the West Coast in desert racing, but learn how to adapt that very well. I would assume to East Coast kind of the GNCC style of racing, uh, more of the hair scramble slash cross country type format, where you do have a lot of elements that you you and your teammates being desert racers haven't really come across before. How much are you guys relying on Bach in that sense? Uh, you know, How much do you guys go back and forth um, discussing those things, telling him this is what we've worked well with in the past, but will something of that accord work well you know, in GNCC racing? So I wanted to know how well you guys have used him as an asset since he's uh, been on the East for so long. Um, certainly, uh, I think you, you've brought up another good point is that, you know, Chris is very well experienced. He's, he's grown up racing these style of races. He's done very well as a privateer and running his own effort. Um, you know, now, uh, the things he was lacking was having that good backing, the good support from a factory, having parts and pieces available to him. Um, you know, so I, I'm talking to Chris almost daily on getting set up and so we can come out of the gate the best we can be um, without you know without myself having absolute uh, experience like I do in Mexico Um, you know I I haven't been to a lot of these places we're going and you know so this year is going to be a learning year for us uh, but with Chris's experience and he's you know willing to learn from me and I'm willing to learn from him. I think it'll be a good, uh, good team and a good uh, partnership. Cool. Well, yeah. No. I, again, I'm, I'm super stoked to see it, and I know a lot of other people are too. I think we're seeing, and, and I talked to Shane Watts last week about this a little bit, and I kind of wanted to see now that you're starting to put a little bit of your foot in the GNCC water in the off-road racing, if you will, on the East Coast. It seems like there's a little bit more money coming into the sport now. Shane Watts seemed to think, and I don't think I don't totally disagree, that it's more maybe a little bit better allocation of money in the off-road racing sport. So I wanted to know with you guys being there and Honda putting in support and stuff like that, it seems like we're seeing more smaller teams kind of come about. Do you see? How do you see that? Like financially, kind of the East Coast funding of, of off-road racing. Well, I think uh, any series when the manufacturers are there and supporting it, um, that's when that's where people are going to go uh, to race. They're going to go there to uh, promote their products, and so for sure, you know, with with our name and, and reputation uh, in racing in general, uh, you know, going to join a, a very well known and uh, a very high profile off road series. You know, people are going to see that. They're going to follow that, and it's going to drive. Uh, it's going to drive money into that uh, that part of the industry. Yeah. Um, okay. I want to hear it from you. I, I know that Chris Bach is a great racer, but I want to hear it from you. Why Chris Bach over somebody like Thad Duvall? Or, or why Chris Bach? Period. 
That it doesn't have to be a if and or but. Well, I I mean uh, coming into this uh, when I did kind of late in the season for uh, being able to uh, select riders and pick and choose. Um, you know, there's, there was only a, a selected few that didn't have rides, uh, for one, but, you know, I had, uh, Chris come out to the West. Uh, I, I was put in touch with him through, uh, a few different contacts and, um, you know, I talked to him on the phone, we emailed and I said, man, this, this kid's got it going on. You know, he's very well organized. Uh, he speaks very mature. Uh, I think I might be able to work with this guy. And so, I had him come out to the West. We uh, went riding and did some testing, and uh, you know that's where I kind of I felt like this was this was the way. This is the way we need to go, and he's going to help us. So I'm going to help him, and it's going to be a good partnership. Cool. Yeah. No. I I I think it's going to be cool. I wonder. You know, he's been third the past two years in a row um, in the XC1 class, and this year, complete privateer effort. Did a great job. Um, I've wondered if, if why people hadn't, you know, kind of like reached out to him before, if it was just like an interesting contract season and people, there's nothing really was open or anything like that. It, but I've heard rumors that he kind of might have been a little bit hard to deal with earlier in his career and that a lot of that has turned around. And it kind of reminds me, if any of that's true, it reminds me a little bit of like the Weston Pike thing. You see Weston Pike doing so great right now on a privateer effort in Supercross. And a lot of people, they say, don't want to touch him because in the past he used to be really hard to work with and was kind of explosive and stuff like that. So it, regardless, I'm excited for Chris Bach. I think this is going to be something that will completely not just not change his program around because he's obviously been doing a really good job putting a program together, but raise his program to the next level. Um, and I definitely think, you know, we're going to see much more top fives out of this guy like we've been seeing, possibly some to- a lot more top threes. And I would love for him to get that, that number one on the podium. I think that would be super, super cool. So for you – what are your expectations on rider and on bike and on equipment for well, the 2014 our, season? Yeah, our, our expectations uh, result-wise is, you know, to be consistent. I want to be consistently on the box and up front. Um, you know, it's the same thing what we did with Colton Hanker last year in the Enduro Cross. We had a kid that was hyper-talented, but you didn't really have a program around him, and so he was really inconsistent. Um, and we were able to bring uh, Colton into having top fives almost every round and being almost the fastest racer. Um, where Chris, you know, Chris actually is uh, very consistent um, even without us and knows how to keep equipment fresh and not break it. And um, so I, I think what we're going to have to, what what I want to do is, uh, you know, sh- shoot for those those podium boxes and, you know, be there in the end. Look at the big picture. I want to be in, on the box in the championship. Cool. Well, that's that's good to hear. Um, we did have a question from our buddy uh, Zach Huberty. He uh, helps run, uh, or he does. He owns and runs uh, InnovationOffRoad.com. Uh, he's been he, he's really helping us out a lot, and he's going to start bringing in a lot more questions to the show. Um, so that we can kind of tell people, hey, this guy's got a lot of cool stuff going over at Innovation Off-Road. Go check it out. This is kind of the, the way he wants to look at things a lot more technically. Um, and one uh, interesting question he had was if there's any chance of a national enduro team uh, in the near future or maybe even, you know, maybe in the further future. Um, it really hasn't been discussed to do anything outside of uh, GNCC. I think we need to uh, 
definitely get our feet wet here and start building our program around that before we uh, investigate looking and branching out into like Enduros and stuff. Um, and it really depends on, uh, you know, the, the direction and strategy of American Honda and what they, what they want to accomplish. So, right. that, you know, it's a good point. I like the National Enduro Series. I, I feel like it's a, it's a strong series. They're very fun to rock and compete. Um, but I, I think as far as uh, this year or next year, it's, it's hard to say. Right. Well, if there's one you want to come to, I'm going to tell you now, definitely Concho Enduro um, is here in Texas, in Blackwell, Texas. I'm going to be racing it. My buddy Zach Huberty, who we were just talking about, is going to be racing it. We signed up for row 23 because, you know, why not? If we don't want, we don't ride like the pros, but we want to. So hey, might as well just get up in there with them. So I think you should come to Texas. You can stay at my house. We'll let my wife sleep on the couch with the new baby. You and I can share a bed, so I can try to usurp some of your awesome dirt bike knowledge while you sleep. Not in a scary way, like Ouija board or anything, but you know, whatever. Figure it out. And uh, I think you'd have a good race. I think that'd be a lot of fun. So just think about it. You know, we'll talk. We'll talk offline after the show about it. But uh, yeah, so. Why we need to see you out there racing? Shane Watts said that he's probably going to wind up racing some of the GNCC races. I think that there's a great possibility for you to go out there and just show the boys what's up with the throttle in fourth or fifth gear. <laughs> I don't know if there'd be any fifth gear running out here, but uh, it'd be fun to to ride a race or two. You know, uh, I feel like uh, you know being uh, over forty now, it's. Uh, it's a little bit tough on the body and I'm, I'm trying to keep it going and stuff, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't expect myself to be out here racing full time. My, my number one goal is to get, uh, Chris on the box, keep him consistently up there, show, show off what the Honda product can do, the Honda CRF 450R and, uh, you know, let's go win a championship. Hell yeah. Well, I love it. That's a great way to end that. That's for sure. Well, dude. I know that you guys are big, big supporter. Uh, one of your big supporters is Fly Racing, which is as well for us here at Sea Time. But I'm sure that you've got a bunch of other sponsors out there that we don't know about. So who's helping this this program happen for you guys this year, going uh, GNCC racing and more enduro cross? Well, for for sure, the uh, our title is American Honda, Honda Motorcycles, uh, Rockstar Energy, um, Fly Racing, and Lucas Oil's uh, a huge supporter. Uh, also, um, we want to shout out to Motion Pro, Galfer Brakes, and Dragon Goggles. They're all doing, uh, uh, they're going over and above this year than uh, what they've been. So I just want to uh, say thank you to all those guys. And uh, just uh, don't hesitate to follow us on uh, all our social media at JCR Honda. Uh, you can go to any of them. And also, wanted also wanted to mention that uh, you might want to, be checking out on the fly line later this year. There might be something really special coming out. Uh-oh. Is it going to have your name on it? <laughs> uh, we'll just have to wait and see. But uh, It's going to be your likeness, uh, huh? Just like the President Obama pictures. It's going to be the Johnny Campbell yeah. picture. <laughs> just your face, like a good profile. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ho hopefully they do some uh, doctoring and some, uh, you know, some uh, – uh, fix the graphics a little bit, take away from some wrinkles and stuff. Oh, come on, man. There's no way you can make sexy more sexy, you know? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we just like we like to keep keep it real, you know? I mean, that's okay. I'm just going to say it. You probably don't look as good as I do because I have a mustache and you don't. But <laughs> within three months, we can easily fix that, and then you can just totally look better than me. Yeah, we are we are willing to experiment with that. 
<laughs> yes. Yeah, I like it. Facial hair needs to come back. It doesn't need to be around just for Mustache May or for No Shave November or Movember or whichever charity you choose to grow for. Just grow it. That's what you should do. Well, cool. Mr. Campbell, as I would call you, Sir Campbell, we really appreciate you uh, calling into the show tonight. I know we had a little bit of issues getting set up, but hey, once we dropped my ugly mug from your video, it seemed to go a lot smoother. So we appreciate the fact that I'm ugly and that you could put up with us. <laughs> well, I really appreciate it, Brian. Thanks for the time. And I uh, really enjoyed my time here at Seat Time. Yeah, getting everybody loves a little bit of Seat Time, right? That's right. Yeah. All right, dude. Well, you guys have fun in Florida. Good luck testing, and we're looking uh, looking for some uh, some spy photos while you guys are doing that on 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 Instagram or something. Is that cool? That's cool. Just don't look too hard. Okay, it's probably gonna hurt my brain. <laughs> All right, man. Take it easy. Have a good night. All right. So as we uh, switch over really quick, I wanted to mention again. One of our fantastic supporters, Fly Racing, uh, those guys cannot do enough for us. Um, I've talked about it a lot, and I'll talk about it again. The windproof technical jersey, definitely something that you guys should go ahead and check out at their website. Um, it's flyracing.com. Um, so I've talked about it enough. You guys know it's there. Please go check it out. That is definitely the item you want to buy. But um, one of the things that we do want to do right now is talk about our Pintful of Awesome Award. Um, and we do have a new winner this week that we have, and it's going to be a great time to announce them. So let me find it in my notes as we bring up the fact that our new winner is Remy Martinovich204. That's his Instagram handle, and it was Hello. Instagram. Hey, Tim, what's going on? We're announcing our Pintful of Awesome Award right now. We're going to get you in a second. My wife's just crazy. She's pushing buttons back here, just getting nuts. But, uh, so, this fun, I did look around, and there was a really cool one on Facebook of a gentleman doing a, a really neat uh, hill climb, one of the national, the AMA national hill climbs. Uh, that was definitely a potential winner. Uh, we had a couple other guys. Cody Klein had some cool pictures. There was a uh, Veggie Hot Sun was, uh, this is like super little tiny dude. I would imagine that it's his mother taking pictures of him, but super cool dude racing his little BMX bike. I thought that was awesome. Um, but what I wanted to tell you guys is that we really appreciate you guys tagging all of your pictures, videos, and stories. Um, that's what's neat is we're getting all that now. It's people are tagging all of that stuff with the hashtag Pintful of Awesome, and that gives you a chance every week to win some fly racing gear. Um, and I say every week, and that's going to happen until you guys stop making it worth it for Fly to get involved with this sort of stuff. So all I can say is we had over 120 submissions this week um, within just a, a week's span. That's great for us. We really appreciate that. Fly is stoked on it as well, and they want to keep doing that kind of stuff. So it doesn't make a difference if you submitted one this past week. Submit one again. You might be the winner. Uh, actually, it was, it was TH Moto X as well. I wanted to say the last one that you posted about 30 minutes before we started the show, bitchin' picture. Submit some more cool stuff like that, and you're definitely going to have a good chance at winning. So uh, Remy Martinovich 204, we're going to come hit them up a little bit later unless Dale's watching right now and he wants to find him. It's definitely it's the one where he's doing the awesome stand-up wheelie. So Fly is going to be giving him some of the uh, arrow tapered handlebars with the Pilot 2 grips. Again, you can find out more about those products at flyracing.com. Not only do we thank them for their support of seat time, but as well for their support of doing fantastic awards like this where we get to give away great products to awesome viewers like you. So we really appreciate 
all of your support. Okay, now the person that came on in the midst is Mr. Tim Cotter. I blame my wife completely. Tim Cotter, he it's not his fault at all. My wife's just getting trigger happy over there calling people into the show, which is totally fine by me. So, Mr. Tim Cotter, I have to ask, how is your evening going, kind sir? You know, our evening's doing well here in West Virginia. We got some of that snow you've been talking about that uh, went north, but uh, all is good here in West Virginia. Awesome. Well, that's good to hear. I have to ask, um, we, we've been talking to Jared Bolton a little bit about some of the fun stuff that you guys get to do while you're at GNCC Racing. So you've been doing this for a long time. You've been at all the Loretta Lynns, so I'm pretty sure you've seen some crazy stuff go on. Is there any way that you could share, and this doesn't have to be Loretta Lynn specific, doesn't have to be GNCC specific, but something that just kind of, you were like, that is an embarrassing moment for that person, and I'm going to remember that for the rest of my life. We would like you to share one of those fun moments right now with us. Golly, you know, uh, I wish you'd give me some advance notice on that. It's way better uh, when we don't. Don't worry. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've been fortunate enough to be involved with it uh, uh, about 38 years. So I go back to the Blackwater 100 days, um, the early days of High Point, uh, the United States Grand Prix at Unadilla, um, so we, we've had a lot of fun, and I think the one that might stand out, or at least comes to mind, um, is we were at a Winter Am in uh, Gatorback, um, and uh, Bob Hanna would come out and, and race the Winter Ams uh, back at Gatorback, and I can remember Hanna being there, and it was late of an evening, uh, Ron Tishner Sr. Um, and uh, Stan Tipton, we call him Tip, he was the guy that found Damon Bradshaw, um, we were drinking pretty heavily, and uh, Bob Hanna was uh, was having a few cocktails, and he got <laughs> in his rental car, and he was leaving, and there was nobody there, and he was leaving, and and, and back then, you know, they, they used to total those cars, and uh, Hanna took off and uh, was heading for the gate, and he hit this, uh, he hit this pile of uh, uh, garbage. Or whatever, and it just went everywhere. And right behind the garbage was this guy passed out, oh. and uh, Hannah didn't hit him, <laughs> but it scared the shit out of him. And I think the guy did his business in his pants. And I and I think Hannah also was, uh, uh, you know, he he probably had to do some work on his shorts as well. Oh, I bet. Um, but th that was probably back in seventy uh, nine or eighty. Uh, during the time of the Winter Ams at Gatorback. Oh, my gosh. Well, just to let you know, I was born July 30th of 1979. So that story may have been created before or right around the time that I was birthed from my mother. Bless that day. Yep. It was such a fantastic day in July. Now, now I'm feeling really old. Hey, well, yeah, I don't mean to – I definitely don't mean to make you feel old. That's not the purpose <laughs> of that. So on to more fun stuff. Um, well, I would say more interesting. That that kind of story is definitely fun for sure. I was super excited to see this, um, that the GNCC series is going to be an AMA-sanctioned series again. Um, and I say again because it was at one point in time. It wasn't for a little while, and now it is again. So there's kind of a little bit of a circle there. I wanted to know, before we kind of get into why all this came about with y'all becoming sanctioned again, if you could talk us through reasons why the GNCC series became unsanctioned for a little while. That's definitely an area I unfortunately do not have much knowledge on. Sure. I'd be glad to address that. Um, you know, uh, let's back up five years ago. Okay. And and uh, 
um, GNCC was moving right along, and the AMA's off-road effort, um, they they really didn't, they, they, they weren't doing anything for GNCC. Uh, we, uh, we were sort of out on our own, um, and we didn't really need much help. Um, so we were, uh, we were going along, we had good rider entries, um, they really never sent people to the races, uh, and we were starting to ask about, you know, uh, some weekend memberships, uh, some things like that, and, and uh, two years ago, the AMA raised their fee from $39 to $49. And at that point in time, we had to sit back and, and do some real thinking as, as a business decision, uh, is, it, is it worth uh, having AMA on board? Do they bring enough to the table? Um, and and our, our request were, were falling on deaf ears. We just weren't getting any, uh, any real assets from them that we were asking when we did need help uh, we couldn't get that help. Um, and so when they went up to the, the $49, uh, we keep data on all of our races, and we found that 62% of the riders that attend a GNCC only attend one time. Mm. And uh, so we can draw from that that if, if you said 50% of those 62% uh, would not need an AMA card, then in fact what we were doing was saying it was a $49 tax right. on these riders uh, if they weren't riding AMA activities and we had to make some assumptions there um, but it, it was at that time that we decided that it would be best for GNCC uh, if we were not sanctioned by AMA now that doesn't mean racer production didn't mean in the a didn't uh, believe in the AMA mission uh, we have always believed in the AMA mission. Our Loretta Lynn program has remained AMA. It is the AMA National Championship Series, and uh, uh, our MX Sports team uh, was the organizers of the AMA Pro Motocross Nationals as well. So we were still very much AMA supporters, but at the time, it just didn't make sense for GNCC. Okay. No, and I think that's very viable. I think that there's a lot of... It seems that there was a lot of talk of, of political stuff about AMA, and I, I definitely speak to this in the sense that I unfortunately don't know. This is all hearsay from things that I'd heard from my father and his kinds of friends and stuff like that. I was definitely in college while most of that was going on, so obviously you can imagine that. I didn't ride dirt bikes very much. I was just going to the bar and finding ways to uh, to, to find a ride home to somebody else's house. Um, so... But I think it's interesting. I think the AMA is really starting to see that they they alienated people with a lot of decisions they were making, um, and you see a lot of you see them making a very valiant effort to realize that they they depend on the riders just as much as the riders should depend on the AMA. Um, and I, and I'm hoping that a lot of people out there do realize that. I did see a lot of backlash, unfortunately, in the forums. I wouldn't say a lot, but I did see backlash. People were like, "Oh, another fifty dollars here, that, and the other." But I think it's a lot of people that don't realize that are, are not educated on what the AMA can do for you as not just as a racer, but as an enthusiast of an off-road sport. And like you could talk, we could talk about land closure for an entire hour and, and what the AMA does uh, politically just to keep some riding areas open. So I think that that's a huge area where people are just misinformed and don't understand the whole situation. So. But there's also a lot of changes for you guys in the GNCC series becoming AMA sanctioned again um, in the fact that I think you guys are going to have an AMA referee there now. 
Um, so, so to kind of talk us through a lot of the, the little changes that are going to happen at the GNCC races now that you guys are AMA sanctioned again. Sure. Well, well let's first talk about what when, when we left the AMA, um, you know, our organization said, OK, uh, how do we fill the gaps? Right. Because there were some issues. There were some things that the AMA was, was providing. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of it was behind the scenes. It may be part of registration. It was insurance. It was to make sure uh, the releases were handled properly. And so we took all that in-house and, and we did that over two years. And, and I would say for the most part, most people didn't even realize that, that we weren't sanctioned. Um, but, but we knew that, that it was best for, for GNCC if we had a sanctioning body. We need that third party uh, rules making uh, organization um, that was unbiased. And, is, and I believe we did a pretty good job at GNCC to, to stay unbiased and to do what was best uh, for off-road racing, not necessarily what's best for GNCC or what was best for the rider. Mm -hmm. It was what's best for competition. Um, but but I think that that was one of the big things that we missed is we needed that third party uh, that that, uh, that that could pr pr have those rules and, and make sure that we had a good fair rule book um, and so that was one of the elements that we that we needed to have and and we have that back and we're thankful for that um, but it was also what kind of products are they providing for our riders and and when we sat down with them before we left the AMA, we said, look, there's a few things that we've got to have. Uh, we would like a, a weekend pass uh, for those 62% of our, of our rider base. If they wish to buy a weekend pass, they could do so. Um, and the AMA had a hard time doing that. Uh, we asked for a youth rider membership and a family membership, and uh, they couldn't come up with that. Um, and, and now they've come up with all of that. They've met every, um, I don't want to say demand, but every request that we gave them, uh, they have met and then some. Cool. So we now have that $20 weekend membership. So if, if you wish to come and race and you're not typically an AMA member, you can, you can buy that membership or that pass for $20. And then if you like what you're doing, you can apply that $20 towards a full membership uh, within, I think it's 90 days. So I think that's a real good thing. And then, of course, the youth membership. Uh, I, it's a it's a discounted youth membership. I believe it's $28. And uh, um, so that's for the younger riders. And then the family membership. You know, we're a family sport. I hear you talk about it. And, and wherever we go in this uh, sport of ours, we everyone says, well, it's all about the family. And so now they've come up with a family membership. So it's like 98 bucks, I believe, and you can have five members on it. And, uh, you know, that's a real savings. That's $20 a member uh, for up to five. And so all those things came. They're also coming with a rider medical insurance program uh, that they haven't fully announced yet, but uh, it's where AMA riders will be able to purchase medical insurance um, to, to make sure that they're protected. We 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 uh, urge everyone to have medical insurance if you're if you're riding a motorcycle off-road or if you're riding a motorcycle period um, the first thing you need to do is make sure that you're insured properly yeah uh, and so the AMA is coming with that as well and yes as you mentioned uh, they're gonna provide a referee we're still working on on who that referee might be they're going through training 
um, and, and they're going to provide a lot of assistance. You're going to see AMA uh, staff members in our registration line. Uh, I believe you're going to see the AMA magazine uh, cover GNCC racing in more detail. And it's also um, that magazine gonna see, is going to be dirt. They're going to have a dirt only version as well, aren't they? So they're going to be they're going to kind of separate us a little bit. Not that that's well, a bad thing, yeah, but yeah, um, it's it's not really. Uh, I thought it was just that a dirt only, uh, but I think what they're doing it's it's more competition geared. Um, the magazine's probably going to look the same but the inside, say, 15 pages or so are going to be different. So part of the magazine is going to be the same, and then some of the features are going to be more competition-oriented. And we called it Dirt Magazine, but it's it's really the AMA magazine with some different content in it. Cool. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah, there's there's tons of new stuff that these guys are doing. That I say these guys, that the AMA is going to be doing for y'all and that y'all are going to be doing because of what the AMA is doing for you guys. Um, one of the things that I thought was super interesting is the Rider Foundation. Um, I don't want to speak to it too much because, honestly, I'm afraid I'll kind of screw up the semantics of it because I know it's pretty precise, but it's a little bit of extra money sent back to the GNCC series that you guys can then use to donate, in a sense, to other organizations. So that was my take on it, but you fill in the gaps for where I kind of missed the mark. <laughs> yeah, you're you're pretty close, Brian. Um it, it's uh, the AMA came with a plan, uh, and it's not just for GNCC. Uh, most promoters in the country can sign up for this plan, and is if you buy your membership online through the the GNCC threshold, what we at Racer Productions have said is any money that we get back, and and it's so much a membership. I'm not sure if it's five dollars or two dollars or whatever it is. There's a portion of that membership that will come back to GNCC Racing. And we said at Racer Productions is that's not a profit center for us. Right. Um, so we're going to take that money and we're going to pull it. And uh, we're already working on a committee to see, uh, to put members on this committee to decide what to do with that money. And uh, that money could, uh, and, and I don't know, we, nobody knows how much that's going to be. It could be a hundred bucks, it could be a thousand dollars, it could be ten thousand um, dollars. But that money will be in a pool uh, for our committee to decide uh, where it may go. It may go to help the ISDE. Uh, we may have a rider that have fallen on hard times, uh, or we may want to to spend money to try to get the, our preacher team faith to our uh, events. Uh, it can be a number of things. Um, but we've decided that that's what we're going to do with that money, is we're going to put it into account and then let that committee decide how to divvy it up. Cool. Well, if for some strange reason it sits there for a while and you guys are having trouble deciding, I could. <laughs> it may go to a, it may go to a starving radio show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like, yeah. I mean, we can always use sponsors, or I would love to offer my services, no fee needed, to come out and help Rodney uh, in the in the trailer doing a little bit of broadcasting. Obviously, we tried it once. You guys were in your infancy. I'm just saying, putting the feelers I out remember. there. I wouldn't be opposed to trying it again. Just saying. So, well, I think this is all crazy information. Great to hear that this is going the way it's going. I think it's cool, too. We were just talking with Johnny Campbell. So, Johnny Campbell is coming GNCC racing. Um, we've got a bunch of teams. So, Shane Watts is now stepping up. He's going to have three racers um, coming in. He's even going to be racing. So, technically, four racers. We're seeing uh, a lot more little teams come up. We're even seeing Suzuki come back with Obermeyer. Uh, Obermeyer used to be Yamaha, now uh, specifically Suzuki. They probably still sell Yamahas. He's just coming to GNCCs with uh, Suzuki's. But. 
I think we're seeing a lot more teams come back to off-road racing, specifically GNCC at this point. I want to know what you think about this. Do you think that there's more money? Do you think it's better money allotment? What are you guys kind of attributing this to? Well, number one, we're flattered that uh, Johnny Campbell Racing is coming east. Um, I just came back from California. Uh, We were out there last week and and, uh, visited with some of the Honda guys, and they're they're awfully excited about uh, having Johnny Campbell Racing come in GNCC. They've been waiting for that right time. And I know they've had Thad Duvall and, and will continue to, to, to have some of those guys, but uh, they were waiting for the right opportunity. And I think they have it. Uh, we're hoping that, that Johnny Campbell will find that it's, it's good for him uh, on the East coast. Um, but we're very excited. You know, the growth of GNCC is, is uh, very gratifying for all of us. We have a big member, a big uh, group of uh, folks at racer production that work very hard. And I think that, that we're starting to see the fruits of our labor. Uh, Racer TV, our uh, NBC uh, coverage or NBC sports coverage of GNCC each week and Jason Hooper and what he does, um, it's starting to bear fruit. And I think you're seeing um, some of the, the OEMs uh, starting to, to sell more motorcycles. I was looking at the MIC numbers. Um, the year-end numbers just came out. and. Uh, uh, we saw growth in off-road motorcycle racing, um, so that's all good news. And I think they're they're at least putting some more effort in the off-road. I don't think it's going to be near what we've seen, um, you know, back in 2005, 2006, 2007. Um, but it's good to see them come back. We need a healthy pro row, uh, yes. And we're and we're starting to see that, and uh, you know, we're even starting to see a little more participation on the uh, the quad side as well. And uh, with that in mind, you, you know, uh, Brian, I'd be remiss if if uh, we didn't say a little prayer. Oh, please uh, do, yes. Dwyer, um, who, uh, you know, lost his life over the weekend, and he was one of our GNCC rising stars, and it's very unfortunate when uh, situations like that happen. Yeah, no, it's it's been, it's been tough. It's I don't know if it's just all of a sudden people were paying much more attention to social media in that sense, or if the beginning of this year and the end of last year was just for some strange reason bad karma bad whatever it was because you know with the with, look we lost Kirk Caselli, another road racer was lost recently uh, a couple riders into car or racers into car um, and then of course uh, you know recently we've lost a couple uh, just in the local off-road races you know in GNCC um, it seems weird um, and it's it's it, it sucks is there's really no unfortunately great way to say that it's it's bad because it just sucks um and so everybody remember it's you, you got it like not that he wasn't but this is a dan- this can be a dangerous sport wear all your protective gear take all the precautions to keep yourself safe uh just like tim was talking about you know we're gonna have they're gonna have insurance now uh, a way for you to have insurance now with the new ama memberships uh, with gncc racing i think stuff like that is very very important and it's just it's 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 a great way to at least uh Try to be as safe as possible out there. That's what we want everybody to do. With the new teams and a lot of the new stuff that is coming to GNCC Racing, one of the things that I am going to try to take complete advantage of this year is KR4's Arrive and Ride program and the Dirtwise uh, Ready to Race program. Um, as someone who is behind the scenes in this series and then also in the front lines of the series, what? how do you guys feel about these programs uh, coming about and uh, do you think they're doing it the right way? Would you see them making changes, or 
do you think they're right on right where they need to be? Well, I, I think uh, I think they're they're where they need to be. You know, it's entrepreneurship, and uh, uh, in the KR four situation, these guys uh, I, I know them a little better uh, than the other one, but KR four are truly enthusiasts, and uh, and and they've put this program together, and we've seen it grow over the past couple of years, and uh, so. So when you have an opportunity, I can see the KR4 program uh, really working out. They've got first-class equipment. They've got mechanics along the way. They can take care of riding gear, the whole nine yards. Uh, and, and really, you know, people that are real enthusiasts, people that really want to come racing, what an opportunity uh, to do that because you got to work all the time to, to afford your racing habit. And so when you have time to work on the bike, um, you know, getting the rig set up and so forth, all those things are taken care of uh, for you with that KR4 plan. And uh, so, yeah, we're very excited. We, we, we certainly uh, uh, um, are in favor of it and uh, we'll help those types of programs any way we can. It just brings more people to the races. Yeah, I, I, here's, here's what I'm going to do, and I'm going to try our, our typical our producer who's normally here on the show, Stephen. He's a huge 4x4 guy. Um, used to be a big buggy guy, you know, sand dunes and stuff like that. He's come a big four by guy, and so what we're gonna try to do is go out to we, we haven't picked it yet, but maybe like Ironman, something later in the year, um, and rent um, one of their side by sides for racing on Saturday or whichever event has both. Get a side by side for Saturday that we can do racing, and then I'm gonna rent uh, a bike through Dirtwise for Sunday racing, and you know, get in the, either the industry class or one of the B classes because I know if I went to a GNCC, I would not be an A racer. In those in those situations, uh, I'm okay. I'm a vet rider now. I can accept it. But something like that would be absolutely phenomenal. I would be so excited to be able to come out and spend a little bit of money, fly out there, race a side by side on Saturday, and then race a dirt bike on Sunday, and then fly home. That would be pretty bitching. It's like being a factory rider for a weekend. Except I suck. As long as they don't ask for results and they only ask for cash money. Then we're probably going to be in a good. We'll have a good relationship because all I know is I'm going to do is just have a really cold beer afterwards. <laughs> well, and, and I'm sure they'll have one waiting on you. Yeah, that's the thing. All right, guys, I'm going to pay you, but the last thing is I need at least a six pack after the finish line. That's that's minimum, right? <laughs> yeah. The, the yeah. Brian Pierce cooler. Well, um, so Dale Spangler wanted me to tell you hi. By the way, he's watching the show and he's a huge supporter of the show and. He's the guy that really got fly behind uh, seat time to help us out so much. So I definitely have to make sure he gets all the shout-outs he wants on this show. And he wants well, you Spank- to know that he yes. says hi. Spanky's a good dude. Um, known him a long time and uh, certainly admire what he's doing with fly racing. Yeah, supporting guys like us, right? What, what? Yeah. <laughs> all right, so I kind of uh, – I just wanted to know some more of your thoughts, um, kind of a, if you've got any way that you quote-unquote wanted to wrap it up or if there's just so maybe some stuff that you wanted to mention that I just didn't preface you on or maybe you've got another well, fun story. Yeah, well, I, I would say this, that that uh, we are pleased to be back with the AMA. They have worked really, really hard. They have a great management team in place, uh, and, and they want uh, – they want off-road racers back, and and uh, they're willing to to do whatever it takes. I think they've demonstrated to us uh, we're a pretty hard sell, um, and so if they were able to sell us back, uh, we hope that the GNCC Nation and and all off-road riders 
uh, would consider coming back and being members of the AMA if they if they a lot of people just stayed with the AMA you know they've been with it for so long the other thing I might say is that we're very excited about our new location in Florida uh, at uh, Burnell it's uh, it's right off of the Flagler Beach exit uh, we're 26 miles from the Daytona Supercross so those of you that are planning on coming to the GNCC um, we are working on a charter bus uh, situation where we can bring GNCC racers right into the speedway uh, as you know, we, we do the Daytona Amateur Supercross, the Monster Energy Ricky Carmichael Daytona Supercross. And uh, I've got permission from the Speedway where we're going to bring that charter bus around turn four and bring it right down the Super Speedway into the Tri-Oval and unload the bus. So uh, we're working on those, uh, those details, so keep that in mind. Um, we're looking forward to GNCC. We're looking forward to Racer TV. You're going to see a lot of new things come out of Racer TV. I think we we made some great progress last year, but uh, 2014 is going to be a great year for Racer TV. We have some great new talent on board. Uh, you know, some great technicians, a new project manager, and uh, we're excited to bring off-road racing to living rooms and and iPads and iPhones and Droids around the world. So it's going to be exciting. Yeah, it, I think. I definitely uh, think that what you guys have done with Racer TV and the ability for the webcast and then as well all the other forms of racing that you guys are able to show on RacerTV.com is a big reason why we're starting to see a little bit more uh, people, I wouldn't even say trickle, but people coming back to you know GNCC and off-road racing and a little bit more money in the sport. So you know, a lot of people will kind of think that you guys are trying to monetize for yourselves, and I, I don't agree with that. I think we can really see – I mean, but you guys – so, one, you guys are a business, so it's your own right to make money for sure. But, two, I think you guys are doing it for the right reasons and for the sport. I mean, look how much, how, how fantastic we see now that the outdoors series is that, you know, MX Sports helps run. So I think we're going to see a lot of that happen with the, with the GNCC as well. I can tell you, Brian, and, and I hope it's okay if we go over a little bit. But. Sure. <laughs> I can tell you that there's no money been made in Racer TV yet. <laughs> uh, there's a tremendous investment. We are very fortunate that Carrie Coombs, Russell, and Davey, and Rita, and Timmy uh, will invest in the sport because they have a they, they have a huge investment in Racer TV, and uh, um, you know it's it's they're just trying to tell the story. Yeah, and we realize that. You know, this past year, we had a GNCC that had nearly 2,000 entries. Now, you've been to GNCCs before, and 12 and 1,300 riders is a lot of riders. Uh, 2,000 riders is, is too many riders almost. Um, so we know that, that, that the GNCCs are, are large, and, and they're not going to double. You know, and we have to have growth in our company. Um, and, and how do you get growth? We have to provide different opportunities for growth and right. now that goes into our digital platform and and racer tv and we feel that's where the growth is um, there's only so many people that are going to come and race there's only so many people that can come and watch uh, and and so our growth is in the digital platform where we can bring live entertainment live racing to the living rooms and and uh, iphones and ipads around the world um, so we're not there yet. It's going to take a couple more years as we continue to develop that program and technology changes daily. Um, so uh, we're very excited about it. We're very proud of that product. 
and we're very proud of the employees that that are behind it. It's it's uh, it's really interesting. And and if you saw the video uh, from our studios in Morgantown that that where we did the the AMA announcement, um, you're going to see more things come out of Morgantown uh, at our headquarters. We've got some really really good ideas. I think Jen Kenyon and and uh, uh, Barry Hawk are are working on some ideas of doing a uh, preseason show. Um, and and you may see some shows throughout the uh, the year. Uh, certainly don't want to take anything away from what you're doing here. Uh, maybe we could add to it. Maybe we could re- do a little bit of role reversal and and have you chime in on on our show. So you know we're, we're, our plans are uh, unsure right now, but but we're going to figure out how to use the asset and uh, we're going to figure out how to tell the world about GNCC racing and and what we're doing. And and you mentioned the pro side. Um, we're very thankful that that we have now been able to negotiate another five-year contract for AMA Pro Racing. So uh, MX Sports, as we know it, uh, just finished up its first five years. So we're in now to our second five years of pro racing. Uh, we have some uh, a new venue. Uh, we're going to the Ironman for a pro motocross. Yeah. Uh, what a great opportunity that is. That racetrack is going to be unbelievable. I can tell you that that this fall when uh, we were working on the motocross track about the time the GNCC came and we wanted to bury a tunnel, uh, a shipping container, so that we had a crossover where the GNCC track was crossing over. So one went under and one went over and we dug 18 feet deep and never found a rock. Um, So the dirt right there is just amazing. It is perfect soil. It's going to be a great home for uh, uh, the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championships, and uh, so we're going to see a lot of good things coming out of that series as well. Excited again that all motos are live this year on MAV TV and on NBC and NBC Sports. So you're going to see just as much live programming as we had a year ago. So uh, things are looking pretty good, I think, for off-road motorcycling and motocross. Uh, the Loretta Lynn program is about ready to kick off, and and uh, I can tell you. In Morgantown, where our where our home office is and our 25 plus employees, they're like a bunch of stallions in a stall right now, and they can't wait to get out and start running. Uh-oh. They're uh, they're about four weeks from uh, gate drop or four weeks from the 10 seconds uh, at GNCC. So it's going to be a good one, and uh, we're looking forward to it. Sweet, yeah. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned uh, the the kind of the pre-show. Uh, so Jared Bolton, myself, Jeremy Saylor, uh, and we've actually got uh, Jordan Bailey, you know, an old uh, an old pro uh, woman's racer. She's going to be on the couch with us again. So we're going to kind of do one. So yeah, we should definitely check on times when we're going to be doing that, and it may just be more beneficial for all of us to figure out a way to make it happen together in just a, a, a racer production seat time conglomeration of awesomeness. <laughs> What do you call that? A, a pint of awesome? A pint or? full of awesome. Yep. A pint full of awesome. It doesn't have to be beer. It's just as long as you're having a good time. That's what we call a pint full of awesome. Hey, I have a pint full of West Virginia water. Now, who <laughs> wouldn't want that? <laughs> yeah, I've got a... Well, we're not going to talk about what's in my Camelback water bottle. <laughs> well, cool. Well, Mr. Tim Cotter, it's been a great time talking to you. Uh, it's been a long time since we've had a chance to talk, unfortunately. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that we did it. Um, please feel free. I know that we talked a little bit about this when we were on the phone. This is definitely uh, an avenue and a venue to to talk to viewers, to talk to racers, to talk to riders, and enthusiasts of, of all things off-road. 
Um, so feel free to let us know whenever you've got something to share, and we're always going to come to you uh, when I feel like you've got more to say than just one little press release, okay? <laughs> well, Brian, it's my pleasure. Uh, reach out to us anytime. Uh, I encourage you to uh, get Barry Hawk on the show, um, and uh, I'm sure he would be a great uh, a great guest on your show as well. And I'm sure he has some uh, some stories that he can tell uh, from from back in the day. You know, we're very fortunate to have uh, Barry with us and Jeff Russell, and of course. You know, Caleb, uh, I'm sure you've had Caleb on the show. But, oh, yes. Uh, there's there, there's some great characters out there in GNCC land. You ought, you ought to talk to Joel Creed someday. Joel Creed? Uh, Joel Creed is part of our track crew, um, uh, races GNCC as well, and I think he's a national champion downhill mountain biker. Oh. Uh, and he's out of Indiana, uh, but he would be a good guest for your show as well. Sweet. Yeah, I actually uh... – it's funny because uh, with uh, Snowshoe, with you guys going to Snowshoe, I've been to Snowshoe two or three times for downhill mountain bike racing, um, something that I used to do like right when I got out of college. Um, I so love Snowshoe. That's uh, I want to go race a dirt bike. They are so bad. I'm, I'm not supposed to have favorites, but uh, I can't <laughs> lie. Snowshoe is absolutely one of the favorites. You know, when we, uh, when we grew out of the Wisp, um, I wanted to find that, that – that, perfect racetrack that perfect facility and i went to snowshoe and and i pitched him and and the president of snowshoe sat in the room and and he said now wait a minute he he, he said let me get this straight he said you want to come to my mountain yeah i do you want to bring five thousand people to my mountain yeah i do <laughs> yeah you want to let them unload their dirt bikes yeah i do you want to let them ride all over my mountain yeah, I do. Even if it rains. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Are you effing crazy? <laughs> and uh but but we showed them all of the uh we showed them all of uh uh the videos and the pictures and and uh they came to a few races and and they were a hard sell. Uh, but uh we're very proud that Snowshoe uh always welcomes us back. Our GNCC families are very respectful of that mountain, and uh, it is the toughest race in America, no doubt. Heck, yeah. Well, I'm going to try to make it there. One, I, I'm definitely going to go back for sure, but I want to race there again. So now, now that there's all these arrive and ride and ready-to-race programs, my, this might just be my year. I don't know. Uh, we'll have to see. Come on out. <laughs> cool. Well, Tim, thank you very much. I know. I hope we're not keeping you up past your bedtime since you're East, east Coast. I'm in good shape. Good. I dig it. Well, thank you very much again for being on the show, and we'll talk soon. All right, buddy? It's my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Tim. Take it easy. All right, so as we switch over to our third guest for the evening, Mr. Corey Grafunder, who is probably going to be very soon sponsored by JB Weld, I would like to say thank you for one of our other fantastic sponsors of Seat Time, Power Sport Graphics. So, if you like saving money, and if you like having a bitchin' looking motorcycle, UTV, 4x4, truck, stickers on your notebook, you want to you want to talk to Ride PG. Power Sport Graphics. It's ridepg.com is the website. And you can use a discount code is seat time. Unfortunately, it's one word. Everywhere else you want seat time to be two words. But here, it's one word. Now, you could call it bolt on and be like, oh my gosh, Jared, I was listening on seat time and they said something about a discount code. He's going to be like, stop talking. I will give it to you. You do not need to know it. Because he will already know that you're a perfect, fantastic person for listening to the show that you even mentioned it and asked for him by name. That and he doesn't have very many friends. So we want to make sure that he 
you know, has more friends. Apparently, he had a girlfriend for a little while. We don't know how long that lasted. She probably saw him naked, freaked out, and just walked out. Maybe she turned the lights off and just felt sorry for him. However, it went down. Jared needs more friends. Call him at RyPG. Tell him you want a bitch and look at motorcycle. You want the Seat Time logo put on it as well because they do have that in stock, and that way you can ride around with your own pint full of awesome. RyPG.com, fantastic supporter of Seat Time. Use the discount code Seat Time to save yourself some money and keep things looking awesome, right? Dig it. Cool. Thanks to those guys. So my wonderful wife is going to pull up Corey Grafunder so that we can <laughs> – Oh, Corey Grafunder, that little guy. He's going to call him and get him into the show. He's texting me while I'm texting him, and he's watching the show while I'm texting him and calling me out for all kinds of fun stuff. So, Corey, are you still trying to watch the show while you're waiting for your chance to be on the show? Yeah. Okay, so well, I'm glad you're watching. I mean, that's like that's like two people tonight. Because <laughs> <laughs> technically I'm watching it, and you are, so that's good, right? Sounds horrible. Are you there? You hate me, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Oh, my gosh. I was so worried. So worried, dude. I was like, oh, my God, he already fell asleep. Shit. There's only <laughs> one of us. All right. I, you know what? You didn't win King of the Motos this weekend. But you know what you did win? You won a huge-ass place in my heart because you – holy shit, the picture of your bike using the JB Weld to put that fucker back together – that is, I want to give you so much free crap that I just don't have because I don't have kind of access to free crap. But, dude, you're the guy I want to talk to because you finished that shit with a rock JB welded into your engine. So, was King of the Motos hard? Yeah, it, it was definitely the, the hardest one I've done so far. Um, you know, I, I really haven't had very good luck there at all in the past. I've done it all three times they've had it, and this is the first time I've actually finished, so... You know, when I was only like two and a half miles from the finish when that, you know, when I had the bike problems and uh, <laughs> I, I was, I was devastated, you know, there was, there was nothing hard left. It was just dry lake bed and some sand whoops and one little downhill and uh, I'm sitting there in the middle of the whoops, staring at all the oil all over my leg and the side of the bike going, th- you know, three times in a row, this, this can't be. So I, you know. I had my, my bum bag with me, and I opened that up and saw what I had in there and you know, got her back running again. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so talk us through a little bit about what actually happened. I mean, to, to get to a place where you busted open the side of your, your the head on your engine, and you've got oil leaking all over the place. Um, if, uh, I'm not sure how familiar you are with the Sherco motor, but um, it looks very similar to like a Yamaha where it has the between the valve cover and the head, there's like that half moon shaped um, valve cover gasket, yep. I guess. You know, I've yeah. actually already raced the 300. That's oh, okay. that's so, yeah. that's how I'm, I'm extremely familiar with the fact it doesn't have a kickstand, and it's the scariest shit ever when you don't actually know it doesn't have a kickstand and you think it falls off. Mine yeah. mine had a kickstand, so I was lucky. Oh, I mean Kickstarter. <laughs> Sorry, Kickstarter. Oh, Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was scary as shit. But yeah, okay. Continue on with your story because I know it's better than mine. So anyway, yep, the uh, that am I still on? Oh yeah. So that that piece, that rubber piece on the side of the motor, um, it just fell out. I I don't really know how or why. The only thing I can come up with is the the section before that was a long, nasty uphill, and you know going slow, and the bike had overheated, so it was definitely hot, and I think it might have just melted it or melted the silicone that was holding it in, or I. 
you know, I'm not really sure what happened, but um, you're a racer. You're not a mechanic. <laughs> as soon as I got on the lake bed, um, I obviously didn't notice it at first, but rode it until there was almost no oil left in the motor, and that's when I realized that there was a problem. Did did it make noises, or were you just like, why does my leg feel wet with ooze? Yeah, it it uh, you know I was wide open in the sand, and it was starting to blow up. You know, it was going wide open, and it was starting to slow down. So I I recognized that right away, and you know shut it off before it could fully seize. And <laughs> wow. uh, you know it, it it once I did get it going again, it still wouldn't even start. I had to bump start it. So I think there's a little bit of damage inside that motor. Just a skosh. Holy crap. Okay, <laughs> so now we know that, it, unbeknownst to you, you have put a hole or lost that, uh, that you know, that rubber uh, casing housing bit on the side of the engine. You're wide open. Whoa! Oh, my God, I'm going to blow up my engine. So now you're in the desert. You're two and a half miles from the finish. What goes through your mind to make you go, ooh, I can JB weld a rock into my engine? Well, um, I started with duct tape. <laughs> Obviously, the bike was a little too hot to put duct tape on it. Because it's melting. It melted <laughs> I love it. So then I thought, well, maybe I'll just wait for it to cool off. The wind was blowing, and it was pretty cold out. So did maybe you, it'll cool off enough. Did you not to, pee uh, on it? You should have peed on it. I didn't pee on it. I, you know, I, I probably should have peed in the radiator because there wasn't much coolant in the bike <laughs> That's either. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably none. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. There, I had duct tape, I had safety wire, I had uh, a rag with me. Um, I'm kind of looking at all of this stuff going, how do I do it? And my first thought was to, to make a little JB Weld patch on the fender and then let that harden and then break it off, put that over the hole, and mm-hmm. then you know use more JB Weld to secure that in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. But then, but then I you know, found a rock that was perfect, so that was a lot easier. So you, Okay, so were you just kind of like, okay, I've got a hole... And you say, this rock is yay big to fit in holes, so you put it in there and then just use JB Weld just enough to kind of keep it, I guess, in the hole? Yeah. It's, uh, you know, obviously the whole thing was covered in oil, so the JB Weld didn't stick very good. I, right, yeah. You know, I wiped it off with a rag and then spit on the rag and wiped it off more. I, you know, I, I didn't know what to do. So uh, the JB Weld didn't really stick very good the first time, and uh, when I did get it running oil was still pouring out you know the the bottom part of it so i stopped regrouped had to do the whole thing over again and this time used all of the rest of the jb weld that i had and um it still leaked but it i guess was enough to get to the finish yeah well apparently apparently it got you to the finish that is insane so Immediate reactions from people at the finish that saw what you had done to that bike to get to the finish line. What were what were some people's immediate reactions? They just couldn't believe it. <laughs> you know that <laughs> I actually went right up on the the podium as, as soon as I crossed the finish line, and um, you know Dave was interviewing me, and you know I'm he's kind of looking at me like like what's going on? Why why were you so far back? And, <laughs> you know because I, I finished like 16th or something like an hour behind everyone else. So you know I'm like pointing at the side of the bike and he's like holy what is going on there and um you know so i ended up ripping the chunk of rock jb weld off of there and you know was showing him and we were showing the cameras and you know pumping it up i guess it's not really the coolest thing to have happen but um like you said resourcefulness got me to the finish finished my first king of the motos 
that's I, I think that's a, that's one heck of a way to do it. I know that I would have way more issues than that. I used to always keep JB Weld and in, in what you call your bum bag. I guess I call it my butt pack. So, you know, you're from the north, I'm from the south. So I guess that's where the difference in the bum versus butt. Well, but, you've uh, got you've got a fanny and I've got a bum, I guess. Yes, <laughs> fanny pack. <laughs> I don't think either of those sound anywhere near manly whatsoever. <laughs> the tool pouch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, we don't say pouch. It's not. It can't be a pouch. That sounds oh, like front Satchel? fat. Can. Hmm. No. Fanny. No. What was the first word you used? You you said something pouch. Tool. Tool. I always call it a tool belt. Yeah. There you go. Tool belt. Mm, you know, because it's like, it's funny. So I'll go out and practice at some of our local cross country races on Saturday when they have open practice. And I always throw my tool belt on. I'm an, I grew up an enduro racer. You always have tools. And you always keep your best tools in there because you need to be able to fix your shit if it breaks. I can't tell you how many times I have saved little cross-country racers' lives. Well, maybe just their bikes. But still, out in the woods because they don't ever carry any tools. They're like, uh, what I do? And I'm like, holy shit, dude. How did you expect to get, you know, you're five miles from anywhere. What's the deal? I'm like, you're an idiot. So, yes, tool belts. I think they're awesome, and apparently Corey Grafunder is going to be the first pro motocrosser sponsored by J.B. Weld. <laughs> hey, if, if they want, I'm, I'm looking. Have you not sent them any of this yet? Have you not reached out and told them what you did? No, no, I, I haven't done anything with it. I'm going to tell you right now, you're being a very bad marketer of yourself as a professional looking for sponsors. You need to get your shit together. They would jump all over this. You've got to be, dude, seriously, get the pictures together, make a little presentation, exactly what you just told me, but in a, a written form, and send that shit to JB Weld. And if they don't like it, find their actual marketing department because they need to be all over that shit. Because the Loctite guys are all over uh, snowmobiling. You know, like, yeah. and, and JB Weld, we all carry that quick, that quick JB Weld shit in our butt packs and in our tool belts and stuff. Why aren't they a sponsor of this kind of stuff? You know what I mean? We need outside the industry sponsors. They got mo money. I'll send them the link to this. Hey, That'll yeah, get them pumped up. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to give them the exact time frame to come in because if not, they're going to be like, "What the fuck is up with this guy?" <laughs> <laughs> I don't want anything to do with these people. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's got a crappy mustache. He looks like a hippie, and then the oh, and then the guy that wants us to sponsor him. Yeah, let's check this guy out. He's got like musical notes on his shirt. What's going on here? I don't really know. It just looks like music for some reason on your shirt from from my angle. This FMF. Oh, there it is. Okay, now I can see it. Lift it up a little bit more. Oh, yeah, okay. Here we go. That makes much more sense. Yep. Yeah, it's FMF. It's fancy, but it still says it. Where are you right now? There's a train in the background. Oh, yeah. That's at my house. You can hear the trains. I'll is tell them to be quiet. Is this like the movie My, Cunny, my Cousin Vinny? Like, what's going on right now? <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> you tried to tell them, but they did not listen. <laughs> Yeah, they're stubborn. <laughs> That's okay. It's okay. So, dude, you're on a Sherco. You were on, uh, I guess, what we can call an old Husky now. I don't really know what to call it. You were on a red and white and black Husky, and, uh, you know, you're not anymore. So you're on a Sherco. So what's going on with you? I mean, obviously, things are different. What's the what's your 2014 plan looking like? Um. Yeah, things things didn't move forward with Sherco or with uh, Husqvarna this year. So um, I've kind of been searching for, you know, a ride for the 2014 Endurocross season, and um, 
kind of landed with Sherco. Um, I'm actually working with uh, a Dirtworks, Brady Allard and Jason Kaber, and uh, they're trying to put a team together with me and Kyle Redmond, and um, things are looking really good with Sherco um, stepping in and you know being the the bike sponsor and you know us being the factory off-road Sherco team. So it's you know it's definitely still in the early stages, but um, things are looking up. And uh, you know the the bikes are good. The the bike I rode is actually a 2013. So from what I hear, the 14 is just supposed to be that much better. And um, I I can't wait to get on one and you know start putting some time on it. Yeah, um, I actually met with Clay Stuckey at the National Enduro in Oklahoma City this past year. It was uh, around October is when we did the live show there from the National Enduro. And uh, I love that bike. He let me race it. Him and his son Zach let me race it um, on that Sunday. And I, I, I had pre-ridden it a little bit on su- Saturday. Played with the clickers a little bit. Put my uh, my Fast Company flex bars on there. And uh, I rode the shit out of that bike on Sunday during the race. And I really enjoyed it. Um, it was really fun to be on a four-stroke again, especially that mid-power four-stroke. Um, that, or I say mid-power, as in that that kind of that middle ground CC. Um, I hadn't ridden one of those before, um, and having just also test-ridden the 350 of the KTM, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. The bike's really cool. It was flickable. It was easy to ride. Um, yeah, I was really impressed. Have you guys uh, had a chance to ride any of the two-strokes that they've got? No, I haven't. Uh, I haven't even really seen one lately, um, but I'm definitely interested in them. You know, the they they make a, a really quality motorcycle. You know, I've had this this four stroke three hundred for a couple of weeks now, and um, had it apart. You know, getting it ready for the king of the motos, and you know, it it kind of reminds me a lot of a of a KTM. Um, a lot of the parts seem very KTM ish, and uh, you know, I I uh, I really want to get on that two stroke too, um, especially during the race. You know, following. Pretty much everyone else is on a two-stroke, I guess, besides Colton. But following them around on two-strokes, they they're just the the better bike for an extreme enduro. You know, they they're light. They have the power to you know light it up and get up that rock when you really need to. Yeah, um, uh, I am on a 300 right now, and I kind of wish I had been on a 250. Um, when we did the Vegas Enduro Cross, <laughs> but in reality, I mean that's that's a that's a want, not a need. What I needed was an actual skill. Um, <laughs> that was the unfortunate thing about my uh, Vegas Enduro Cross experience, and I definitely use quotes because it ended with me at the bar, and and, and ended as in like during my second practice. So I didn't make it very far. So I definitely don't think a 250 XC would have made much of a difference over a 300 XC on my part, but. You know, I can always just keep telling myself it would. I, f- I feel better about myself <laughs> doing that. I do. Um, that shit, yeah, was, I'm, shit was tough. I'm really torn, um, you know, as to what bike's the best for Endurocross now. Um, you know, when I first got into it, everybody was on two strokes. Um, and then over the last, you know, three, four years, it seemed to evolve into four strokes. You know, that everyone started riding 254 strokes and then started boring them out and making big bikes out of them and then... You know, KTM came out with the 350, and even this last year, a couple people were riding 450s. So, you know, it's kind of seeming like it's going in that direction. But then you look at Cody Webb and, you know, Kyle, they're out there on two strokes, and they're going really fast too. So, 
I, I really don't know. I think uh, I think the answer is going to be to get both bikes and you know three hundred two stroke, three hundred four stroke, and just go to town on them, set them both up, you know, for enduro cross, and see which one goes faster. Yeah. Yep. I think you're right. It, 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 it'd be neat for you guys if you get that chance. You know, uh, you, you see a lot of guys like uh, a lot of the KTM riders. They do. They get that chance. You know, they get a chance to go out to a test track play around all the different bikes and they're kind of like okay this is going to be my race bike you know this is the bike that i want to race on and if you guys get that same opportunity with Sherco, i think that that's going to be fantastic for you guys to be able to have that chance to make a choice and for them you know to work with you guys in that regard um what did you think about the the wp suspension did you have much of a chance to to work with it on the Sherco, or did you just kind of like run with your brung kind of a situation well when i first got it it's it's an off-road bike and so it was definitely sprung for you know the average off-road guy which is way lighter than me so it was way too soft for me when I got it so I, uh, I rode it one day just to get a feel for it and realized that it needed to be sprung for my weight so I took it out to Stillwell I'm sure you, you guys know Stillwell Performance oh yeah big supporter um, of seat time and the suspension on my bike as well <laughs> yeah he, he, did, he does a great job so I you know I just headed out to his house and you know he he's always uh, welcomed me with open arms and you know, he just moved into a new shop and a new house and everything. So, went and stayed with him for a couple of days, and um, you know, he's still getting over his back injury. So he was uh, a little bit limited on uh, what he could do with testing. You know, he, he wasn't able to come out into the desert and you know really watch me ride. But um, you know, we, he did all the work for me, and I went and rode and tested, and we got as close to you know what I thought we needed in in the two days that I was there. So. Um, yeah, that's that's what I ran. <laughs> Wicked. It's uh, it's definitely a lot different than you know the Husky that was Kayaba front and rear on that. Um, so it it's it's a different bike and it's a different suspension feel, front and rear. Um, you know you you can't even really compare. Hmm. That's it, it's interesting to know that because um, I've been, I've been on KTM's for so long now that uh, I'm kind of used to, to, I guess, making the adjustments. It was weird going from a 2009 250XC to the 2013 300XC because of the fact that they added the linkage. Um, that took a little bit to get used to. It definitely felt like more couch-esque, um, which I didn't feel that on the Sherco 300 when I rode it. The, the, the 300 two-stroke that I rode, the front end just felt funny, um, and it was, it was definitely a prototype. It was not a production uh, or it was a pre-production, so be prototype or just, you know, more changes to come. So it'll be interesting to see what you think once you get a ha- one of your hands-on, get your hands-on one of the new 300 two-stroke production models, kind of see if they've got a little bit of those kinks worked out. But you'll have to tell me what the cockpit feels like uh, on that bike. Um, and, yes, I just used the word cockpit. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know if the, how much different the two-stroke is going to be. Than the four-stroke as as far as uh, ergonomics and stuff go, but you know I I was able to jump on the the four-stroke and um, you know I put some flex bars on it. it was the first thing I did and uh, as you should <laughs> I, f- I felt right at home. You know it it didn't have any you know hang-ups with the plastics or you know anything like that that bothered me and the you know the foot peg to handlebar relationship felt really good and it actually felt like a like a bigger cockpit. I felt, you know, cockpit. Hey, um, a, li- <laughs> a little bit like a trials bike, I guess, in the sense that it's made for a bigger rider. 
So and, I felt and you're really a bigger dude, so that probably was nice. Yeah, I felt I felt really comfortable on it um, right away. You know, I tweaked the bars around a little bit and played with the the bar position. They have you know four different bar positions that you can you know flip the bar mounts around in two different holes. So played around with that a little bit until I figured out where I liked it and ran it right there. It's always good when you got different hole choices to put it in, isn't it? <clears throat> oh. Trying to set me up. <laughs> trying to get me in trouble. Oh, I'm setting it up. I'm setting it up good, buddy. Yeah. All flexible. You can grab it as much as you want. Tam, are you blowing your nose on your shirt? Yes. Oh, my God. My wife is disgusting. This is what I have to deal with. This is why I I'm just so unprofessional. Oh, my God. This show is going to shit because of you, woman. I'm just kidding. I love you, wife. Yeah, uh, so, Corey, I've kind of told everybody else, but my wife is filling in tonight as producer because my buddy, who produces, ha- had some family emergency he had to deal with. So she's just getting the full brunt force of uh, how awesome I am. I-, I could tell you were on your own. You know, you are texting me while you were <laughs> on that last interview. <laughs> no, you have no idea how stressful this job is. Everybody thinks that I have such a great time. To- oh, I do. I love doing this. But it's funny because I have the chat room open. I have my notes open. And I have my messenger window open, so if my so my wife was actually the one texting you, but it was when it was running a little longer. I'm the one that was in messenger. Like, I got a lot of stuff going on on my screen. It's 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 pretty intense. And I've got all my questions open in Facebook Messenger from our friend Zach Huberty from Innovation Off Road with his little questions for everybody. I'm telling you, man, it's not as easy as it looks. I mean, it's not as easy. It's easier than being a professional dirt bike racer, but. We don't feel sorry for you. I can be out of shape and do this, though. I just got to be mentally strong. I think it's working. I think it's working. What do you think? Am I doing it? <laughs> I don't know what it is, but am I doing it? <laughs> I'm having way too much fun right now. I apologize. <laughs> All right. King of the motos, you kicked ass because you finished on a JB Welted motorcycle, which is fantastic. So third time doing that event. Uh, how much has it changed? Uh, do you still enjoy doing it? Is it something that you do? You see that race continuing? Do you see yourself continuing to do it if it does so continue? Yeah, I you know it's it's a really cool race in in the fact that it's been evolving every year. You know the the first year I didn't actually get to ride the whole course, um, so I don't really know a lot about what it was, but. Um, from what I from what I heard from the other riders, anyway, the second year it got harder. It was quite a bit longer, and then now the, the third year, it's definitely been harder again. Um, they changed the format up this year with uh, a qualifier on Saturday. You know, just a short. I think it was like a three or four minute loop, and then uh, the two moto format on Sunday with the easier, faster race in the morning, and then more difficult race in the afternoon. Um, so. It was really fun, you know, the, the the bike setup changed from the morning to the afternoon. We, you know, changed tires and gearing and stuff to, uh, you know, for the different terrain. Right. But, um, you know, we use a lot of the, the same canyons every year, the, the same ones that the trucks use. And they're always changing because the trucks are racing on them every year and they do a lot of a rock moving out there. Um, and then this year we had this brand new downhill canyon that was really nasty we we got to go ride it on friday and uh, i think we were some of the first bikes through it so there wasn't even really a line and we were kind of picking our way down the hill i went the wrong way and then 
all of a sudden Caleb Russell's cartwheeling down behind me and Taylor's <laughs> up on the side of the mountain like a little billy goat riding across the rocks and um you know it was fun but it's a little bit different when you get there in in the race scenario i guess yeah and you're quote unquote you, trying to go as fast as possible <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah you're in first gear going half a mile an hour but you're still i'm racing you know, i'm racing <laughs> heart rates 200 and you're sweating and you got arm pump and <laughs> oh and and a and a fanny a bum bag would you call it a bum bag yeah bum bag bum, camel back bum bag 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 it was funny actually coming down that canyon I, I stalled the bike at one point, and you know, there's you're in the it's middle. Probably of because it was overheating at this point, and you just <laughs> didn't know it yet. <laughs> <laughs> but the, you're, we're in the middle of nowhere, you know, miles from from anything, and I hear this like buzzing noise, like, and I'm like, what the heck is that? And I look up, and there's a quadcopter with a GoPro <laughs> about ten feet over my head. I'm like, oh my god, is that is that a drone or something? <laughs> The terrorists! Uh, the Germans! <laughs> the Germans! <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's okay. I'm actually one of the guys that would have done that to you. I do have a little one of those little aerial phantoms uh, with a GoPro on it, and it's fun as shit to scare people. What's really funny is in those situations, like when I'm the guy flying it around, and we're right in front of some kind of race line that I'm filming or whatever, at, over half of the people in that turn or at that point are looking at the copter and not at the actual racing that's going on. It's the I'm like, guys, there's racing. Like this is way more interesting than my copter in the air. It's so weird. So all the footage I have, I have to zoom in a lot because all I get is a bunch of people's faces around the <laughs> racers. That are going. In your case, it was a bunch of rocks around you. Yeah, it was pretty desolate out there. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So what's next? What is coming up for the future of Mr. Corey from the Thunder Down Under Gruffunder? Um uh the next race for me I guess is gonna be uh Endurocross race in Mesquite. Um I never done that one before, so I don't really know what to expect, but it's I guess from what I hear about it it's geared around uh, you know, freestyle and Dirt bikes, Endurocross, UTVs, quads, kind of all of it combined into one crazy weekend of racing. Um, I think Kenny Bartram's always there, and um, it's, you know, sounds like a like a fun event. So that's coming up uh, later in February for me, and then after that, this is going to be wide open, getting ready for Endurocross. Bitching, very cool. Well, um. Definitely keep us updated as you find out more about this Sherco deal and the Sherco team that you guys are putting together. Um, I also am trying to tell all the Enduro Cross uh, racers that Austin, Texas, so for X Games this year, I live just north. Uh, when I say just north, about three and a half hours. But I will be there um, for X Games. And I'm trying to figure out the best way to do some kind of live seat time event, be it before the racing, after the racing um, or if we were just to say F it and after y'all's race is over some night, um, essentially take over a, a club, you know, where they get some bitchin' live music, lots of cool things, some hippie stuff going on because it's Austin. Um, so, you know, definitely as you guys as Endurocross athletes learn about your schedule um, for, you know, X Games coming up uh, for Enduro X, let me know. So then that way I can schedule uh, our shenanigans around y'all's shenanigans and It'll be just shenanigans of awesomeness. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm not even sure which day we're racing on yet. Last last year, we kind of raced on a different day at every one. So um could be Thursday, 
through Sunday. But um, I want to say that your final is four o'clock on Friday. Oh well, you know more than me then. Um, and I think the only reason I know that is because I already had to shell out a shit ton of money to buy tickets for my daughter and I to go. Well, that's that's perfect then because then we got all weekend to hang out and watch other events and you know do whatever you got going on. <laughs> yes, you do. I'm glad I've already sold you on the idea. I'll be looking for you as a as a co-host. And uh, yeah, you what can, you'll you need can, to do is you you'll have be- uh, have some live mics. Oh yeah, buddy, dude, we're gonna have like so many mics, it's gonna hurt. Uh, you're, gonna have, you're gonna have to work on. The, whoa, no, you don't want me rapping or <laughs> musically inclined by any vocally. No, it just needs to stay with a. It's the gift of gab, bro. I don't sing, okay. Uh, but we're gonna need you to work on your mustache. I see you got the beard and the facial hair going on, but just just less less uh, less chin strap and a little bit more uh, flavor saver, okay? You're you're about a month late because. Uh... I had, I think about That's from... That's definitely what from, she said. <laughs> ah, shit! From uh, Vegas Endurocross, I never shaved for about two months. So I went back up to Canada for Christmas and New Year's, and you know I had to keep the face warm. So I had a pretty thick red beard, um, and then you know just for fun, shaved it into a big mustache as it was all coming off. But um, I'm kind of well on my way now, so... By the time Austin rolls around, I could have a pretty good mustache. Maybe we could uh, have a little competition. Oh, dude, there's no competition. <laughs> there's just don't. Well, the problem is, is if we go to Austin and try to have a mustache competition, there's so many like little. Uh, what do they call them now? They're uh, yip. Uh, what are they? Yippie? No. Uh, crap. Yuppies. So yuppie hippies. They call them yippies. Yippies. So there's yuppie hippies down there that try to be hipsters. It's the most. Uh, if you've never been to Austin, I promise you, you will you will have a good time, but you will be so confused when you look at some of the people down there. It is, it's it's its own little cult thing. It's strange. It's very interesting. People watching is fantastic though, because there are some characters. But yeah, the whole mustache thing, we won't be able to beat anybody. They got some crazy ass facial hair artists down there. Uh, we'll have to so, pick another event to do it at then. Okay, I could do a butt hair competition. <laughs> I might be able to rally you on that one, too. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, this is going to get weird. We're going there, buddies. It's going there. All right. Well, Mr. Corey Grafunder, I know it doesn't. It sounds like you guys are still putting a lot together right now, but I'm pretty sure you've got some guys that have stayed behind you and stayed with you into the year. So please go ahead and, uh, and let us know who's got you to where you're at right now so that we can uh, let my wife go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, there's a lot of people that have been behind me over the last couple of years, like, uh, Troy Lee Designs and you know FMF, um, Stillwell Performance, Recluse, Fast Company, CD Boots, uh, Dirt Tricks, GPR, Amy Grips, Hyde, TM Designs, um, ARC Levers, uh, 509 Goggles, uh, USWE, and uh, you know Kenda just stepped up and is going to help us out this year, and you know Sherco for sure. Bitching. And you know if if there's anyone else out there that's interested in getting involved in our program, um, definitely hit me up. So, Corey the Thunder forward. from Down Under Grafunder. Didn't you say that you were called Thunder? What, didn't you have a Thunder nickname or something like that? Uh, yeah, I've, I've had all sorts of nicknames. Some of them I probably don't even want to tell you. But, um... Nah, because I'll just remember them later <laughs> at night when we're at a bar somewhere. <laughs> I guess the, the, my first big one was just Graf Under Thunder. 
Mm. So have you ever thought about taking that to like Vegas and trying to get to that Thunder from Down Under show? Like where the male strippers? I don't, I'm not sure I have the, the pectorials to get in there. Oh, man. I don't know. We're going to have to work on our shirtless routine then, I guess, huh? Definitely going to have to take care of that butt hair. <laughs> Unfortunately, you're probably right. I think uh, I think what we should do is we should we should really put together some form of some kind of look that we want to go for when we go to Austin, and uh, we'll start now. Uh, and if pecs are one of them, then I guess we're just going to have to do push-ups or something. But we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll make ourselves look pretty. You know, the the off-road crowd is a pretty good group of guys. So I think we should get a few more guys going on this too. Oh, I'm pretty sure you know a couple people. That I don't, and uh, actually, you probably just know everybody. So I'm just gonna make sure you tell them. And, <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we'll figure it out, and then I'll spread the word. <laughs> <laughs> yes, dig it. I like it when people get on board with stuff that I come up with. That's crazy. Woohoo! All right. Well, we really appreciate you being on the show, Corey. You're always fun, and uh, it's just it's just a good time. So I'm sorry that you uh, you <laughs> broke your motorcycle, but I'm glad that you fixed it in such a fantastic way. I promise you, get that shit together, send it to JB Weld. They will. They have to jump on board with that. Have to. It would be stupid not to. So yeah, I'll get on it. You know, it was a it was a kind of a crap race, I guess, with the result, but. You know, it made a great story, so something something good came out of it. Hell yeah. Sea Time had a good time with that one, buddy, and I hope that everybody out there enjoyed it. Well, dude, have fun on the West Coast. Don't do anything I wouldn't, and if you do, take pictures, all right? For sure. <laughs> all right, dude, take it easy. All right, we'll talk to you later. Later! All right, so we've had three fantastic guests this evening. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but we have started to broadcast a little bit longer. Um, it's not on purpose. It's just that there really are, um, as we're leading up to the series starting, and we don't have a ton of talk to the racers action, there is a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff going on that I do want to know more about. And I know you guys would be interested to know more about. I do. We talked to Shane Watts about his dirt, uh, ready-to-race program. Uh, we are going to have Jeff Andrews on to talk about the KR4 Arrive and Ride program. Um, just uh, things like that. So if there's any kind of programs or more news that you guys want us to find out about before we get into like race season, um, please, you can email us, talk to us on Facebook, all that kinds of fun stuff. So we really appreciate you guys uh, coming and watching the show tonight. If you haven't tuned in live, remember, you can always uh, catch us on YouTube. Um, we're going to be on Stitcher and iTunes as well. Great ways for you to subscribe to the show to watch and or listen uh, after the fact if you'd like to catch up. Remember, this is Seat Time. You can find us on our website, which is seattime.co. Um, we are on Facebook, facebook.com slash seattime. Twitter is twitter.com slash seattime underscore CEO like to change it up on you Instagram is just regular old seat time one word um, and dude we're just all over the place you just find us love us like us and just have a good time um, and we really really appreciate you guys being here we have talked to a lot of people uh, with Tim Cotter you know uh, Johnny Campbell of course we just finished up with the uh, Corey Thunder Grafunder, uh, just just having a good time um, yeah Tam did you have fun I had a blast yes we, it, we can't we cannot do this without thanking my wife. My wife, obviously, uh, a big, big trooper. Uh, she puts up with all of my shenanigans. You guys watch and you guys giggle and laugh. You get this only on Tuesdays. She has to put up with this crap every day, um, and now she's producing this show, so you can't. We have to thank her. Big thanks to my wife, Tamara, for uh, doing this for us. And for you guys, uh, wouldn't be here without her, so definitely big thanks. Uh, remember, we'll be live next Tuesday. i got some good guests coming up, and uh, we'll put the PR out. 
Tuesday morning to let y'all know. Up until then, remember to enjoy a pint full of awesome. And uh, thanks for watching Seat Time.